a tragic true crime case gets even worse. If you can believe that. I guess you can because you don't know what it is yet. Maybe you do. You're like, I expected that. And then we travel back in time to Latvia. But it wasn't called Latvia. It was called Livonia. That's how far we're going back in time. To meet a man who was a simple witness during a criminal trial. But when he's brought before the judges, he has an astonishing revelation. He's just not a witness. He's actually also a werewolf who fights Satan. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys had a good week off. I didn't really get a whole week off because I was doing the Dead Rabbit Radio Classics. I think what we're going to do is in the future, the classics seem to really work. We're going to do those, but I'm going to do them throughout the season. And then when the break comes, I can just take the whole week off and just upload them. But because I didn't get my full break, there's a chance that here and there I'm going to sneak in a day off. I'm not going to do it. I'm not just going to use an excuse to only do four episodes a week. But maybe coming up, I'll end up taking a three-day weekend. I really need to have that week off from the show. And I was spending time debating what episodes to put up for Dead Rabbit Radio Classics and all that. And I'm sure you notice I only put up four because by the time it came to the fifth one, I was like, I really just need to take a break. So let's go ahead and move on to our first story. Now, our first story is one that I covered recently, maybe two or three weeks ago. And I'm going to do an overview because not everyone listens to every episode. And it's been a while since I've talked about this. We're going to Kempton, Pennsylvania. Now, this started in September 23rd, 2019. So this happened this year. Once I start talking about it, you're going to be like, damn it, Jason, really this story again? But there's been a an arrest. So the story is basically over at this point. But you're like, I don't want to hear this story again. So you can go ahead and fast forward. You're like, werewolf, werewolf, as I'm like just driving us to uh, Kemp Town. But it's an important story. Foreclosure, foreclosure. And it's also quite disgusting and horrible. So Lisa Snyder, well, yeah, it's that story. Lisa Snyder was a mom. She had two kids. Eight-year-old Connor Snyder and four-year-old Brinley Snyder. Now, apparently she has three kids. She also had like a 17-year-old son, which we weren't aware of outside of the investigation. So we're all now at the scene of the crime. I don't know why I'm doing this narrative device. I don't want to be here. We're at a donut shop, and we're sitting there, and we're discussing this over with a couple of police officers. And we go, so we heard that there were some developments in this case. And the detective's like, yeah, yeah, man, this was a gnarly case. Let me go back over it. Let me, now that we've reframed the narrative device, we're no longer standing outside the crime scene. Detective's going to tell us about this. What happened was, authorities get a 911 call. My kids are hanging in the basement. Both of them. Two kids, both hanging at the same time. Ambulances get down there. They find eight-year-old Connor and four-year-old Brenly dead basically like they were declared dead at the hospital just minutes after each other but i mean for all intents and purposes they were dead there i guess guess scientifically they were still alive my point is is that they were hung to death this is a great way to start off the new season so the attic had a beam crossing the ceiling and there was a long dog leash wrapped around the beam and when the cops came down there, there was two chairs. And it looked like they... Well, th- no, this this is what it looked like. This was actually what happened. 
they had nooses um, tied around the dog leash, and both chairs were kicked on the ground, and you had these two children hanging. Absolutely tragic story. Now, the cops are, like, taking notes, and they're, like, taking measurements, and they're like, oh, man, this is a terrible crime. We got to talk to the mom. Hey, mom, what? And they turn, and the mom's, like, not in the basement. Now, to be fair, that is where her kids just died, but the cops still thought it was a little weird, like, Generally, the the people are like, what happened to my babies? What happened to my babies? And and annoying the police officers, right? For clues, for answers. But the mom seemed kind of distant during this whole process. So, uh, that's kind of weird. Like, the only reason you wouldn't want clues is if you knew the answer to it. That's the reason why adults don't watch Blue's Clues, because we already know where Blue is. So, <laughs> anyways, i got to lighten this somehow. They're taking these notes. She's not around. But they did find Blue, so, you know, that that helped. They were very friendly. And then they had to find Blue. He was in the same spot the next day. Okay, whatever. The point is, is that they're suspecting the mom at this point. Now, that is pretty much all the information we knew for months. When I first covered this story, that was basically it. Two kids found hanging. Oh, and the mom said this is what happened. Her son was getting bullied all the time. Super depressed, getting picked on all the time. And he told her, I want to kill myself, but I don't want to go alone. So the mom thought that Connor tied a noose around the daughter's neck. Not his daughter, his sister. And then a noose around his neck, and then they both jumped off the chairs. That was her working theory. And she had actually told her friends that. She told her friends before all this that Connor was getting bullied, and he had made suggestions about this. We also knew that CPS was involved in some way. So that was all the information we knew. The cops were looking for their main clues. They were looking for, um, well, one, if anybody knew, if anyone saw anything, that would be a big clue. Two, they wanted to find the family dog because they said, we believe the dog would be essential in solving this mystery. And the mom was like, oh, I got rid of the dog. So the cop is done drinking his coffee. So we go, so how, now we're back into the coffee shop. We're sitting there. And we go, so you have a suspect? And he's like, oh, yeah, we got a suspect. We got the suspect that everyone kind of thought it was in the beginning. And we're like, is it Connor? And they're like, no, no, that scenario was stupid. Because w- what happened was when the police began investigating this, they began going to Connor's school. And Connor, he's an eight-year-old kid. So what would that, he'd be in what, like third grade? They're going to his school. They're talking to his classmates. They're talking to Lisa's friends, the mother's friends. And none of them said Connor was being bullied. None of them. Connor's friends were like, no, he, no, he, I never saw him get bullied. Like, he was a big kid. He was kind of overweight, but they're like, no, I never saw him get bullied. Schools, like, had never been reported to us that he was being bullied. There, the 17-year-old son, who also lived in this house, was like, "Mm mm-mm. No, and he, he hadn't told me that he was being bullied. I'd never heard that before. When they were talking to Lisa, they said, so what happened? Why were the kids in the basement? And they go, well, Connor really loves to build forts. And they're like, check that. Check that, Bob. Make sure he likes to build forts. And it turns out that uh, he does like to build forts. Connor did, did like to build forts, unfortunately. And they wanted, he came home from school that day, and he goes, I want to build a fort in the basement. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she helped bring the chairs downstairs as part of the fort. Lisa did. Cops are like, okay, taking notes. They asked the 17-year-old son, hey, so um, 
They we heard that he wanted to build forts in the basement, and the seventeen year old's like, "What? Nah, he never played in the basement. Like, it's weird that he was down there in the first place. Like, he built forts, that's true, but not in the basement. He always built in the living room. Which, to be fair, the ba- don't do anything in a basement. I don't even know why basements exist. Basements exist so Dorothy can outrun hurricanes or tornadoes, whatever it is. Like, really, what is the purpose of a basement? You're like, Jason, are you really going to go on this rant right now? Yes. What's the point of a basement? It's to keep your vegetables cold, right? Like, you throw a bunch of, like, pro- uh, potatoes down there, and then they don't spoil because it's cold, and you store your tools down there. The only reason why people have basements, really, is because houses are built with basements. But new houses are new houses built with basements? Like, I know old houses are have basements, right? Because they had needed a place to put their potatoes. But if you bought a brand new house, would there have a basement in it? I don't think so. And if they do, I think it's a gimmick. I think it's a conspiracy from the construction companies that want to use their big digger machines. They're like, listen, buddy, you don't want, you want to have a basement, right? You want to have a house. We got to spend an extra $10,000 to bring this big old yellow machine. Did you hear the other day? I don't think you did. Because it just happened the other day. The cops were chasing this suspect. Now I have to go find this article. The other day, this guy was running from a, a marijuana bust, and he ran into the bushes, and the cops couldn't find him. He was, like, in the forest. It wasn't just, like, a hedge in the middle of the suburbs. He was in the forest. He was in, in the forest. He was in all this bramble, and there's a police helicopter flying overhead, and they're like, I don't see him. Oh, wait, no, there he is. I see him right there. He's right in those brambles. But the radios weren't working that day. So all they heard was the helicopter guy go, I, I don't know where he's at. So a police officer says, can I borrow your bulldozer to like some random dude who was hanging out in the forest? And I think it was on the edge of the forest. This bulldozer wasn't in the middle of like the Hundred Acre Woods. It was like on, it was like there was a field and then a bunch of other stuff. The cop's like, hey, bro, can I borrow your bulldozer to hunt this guy down? The goal was I'm going to just go through all of this bramble all of these bushes and knock them over and then the dude will jump up and run away you're like jason can you only tell one true crime story at a time so anyways the helicopter at this point is like okay i see him he's in the bramble wait a second no guys no 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 and he's the helicopter pilots watching this bulldozer go through the stuff right towards him he sees a suspect hiding in the bushes this bulldozer is just like Helicopter pilot's like, oh my god, I just watched the guy get squished. So there's a huge trial, right? He got, he's dead, obviously. They don't only just squish his ankle. He's like, ah, he killed him. He was stuck in the bushes. Bulldozer ran him over. Huge trial going on. Helicopter pilot goes, I tried warning him. I saw it. Saw from where I was at. And the radios weren't working. And the cops are saying that the dude saw the bulldozer coming and then jumped up out of the bushes, ran behind the bulldozer to hide behind a moving bulldozer and then the bulldozer turned and squished him so it was his fault for getting (laughs) squished by a bulldozer and they're also saying he shouldn't have run from the cops in the first place that's another legal battle that's going on but anyways basements are only there so people can use their fancy dancy construction machines and in this case connor didn't want to go in the basement story's going on too long the point is let me get to this she's arrested for murder They are able to say that she's arrested for murder because her story doesn't make sense. 
She brought the chairs down. They don't believe that Connor was getting bullied. No one else, nobody else was saying that but her. And she bought that 20-foot dog leash the day before the crime. She looked on Google. You're like, Jason, you could have told us this stuff, made this a five-minute story. They found these things on Google, these Google searches. Carbon monoxide in a car, how long to die? Dude, you know what? If you Google searches are going to trip you up more than anything, really. It's, you're leaving this forensic evidence trail. Here's some other ones. Does a hybrid car produce carbon monoxide while idling? It's a good question. But she just wasn't like it. That was an environmental thing for her. She apparently owns a hybrid and was trying to murder people. Then she was Googling, I almost got away with it, best episodes, which is some show. Why would you want to watch a show about people who got caught? If you're trying to plan a murder, you're like, I want to know how people almost get away with it. I don't want to know about people who never got caught. And then she started looking at a suicide website called Lost All Hope about how to sufficiently kill yourself using a short drop. So hanging. How to to hang people. And what does any of this have to do with the dog that they've been looking for? This dog that's a material witness? Um, she was banging the family dog. She was having sex. One of the, one of the charges was bestiality or sex with an animal. I don't know if bestiality is like a legal term, but, and then cruelty to animals. Cause she was banging the family dog just to make everything even worse. At this point where we've put our donuts down, <laughs> they're no longer eating donuts and the cops drinking his coffee. He's like, yeah, it's pretty disgusting. So she's been charged with first degree murder, third degree murder, murder. This just happened. She was just charged on December 3rd. And having sex with the dog. So I think that's why they wanted the dog. I think they had probably come across that pretty early in their investigation. And they wanted to check the dog out, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was because they wanted to see if their dog would require a 20-pound leash. How big was the dog? But I think in the beginning, they may have wanted that dog early on to check it out. I don't know. That's gross. So banging a dog. And she murdered two children. She murdered her own two children. And she almost got away with it. She didn't. What was that? Two or three months. And apparently the whole CPS thing, we still don't know what that was about. The the chill, This is probably the worst detail of the whole story. The kids were removed from her care in 2014. And then they were given back to her in 2015. And they're like, ah, you're probably not that bad of a mother. Here you go. And she kills her kids a couple years later. Great way to start the season, Jason. Yeah, I know. I probably I didn't think that segment would go on as long as it did, but it's recorded. Let's go. <laughs> that's the excuse. I think that story's interesting, and I wanted to wrap it up. I have no regrets. No regrets for that story. I have regrets that it happened, but I don't have regrets that I told it. I, it's a good follow-up and a good ending and a good segue. Honestly, because now we're going to Latvia. You're not going to make any dog sex jokes. I'm not, actually. We're going to Latvia. Now, back in time, and I'm going to say this too, this might have been a recommendation. So if you did recommend this story, hit me up, tell me how you got it to me, and I'll make a correction. But we're going, that all being said, we're leaving behind Captain Pennsylvania. We are going to modern-day Latvia. It used to be called Livonia. Because you lived there. Makes sense, right? What do you do in Russia? You rush. What do you do in Germany? You're a germ. That's not racist. That's not racist. What do you do in Bulgaria? You burgle. I'm sure there's a lot of thieves over there. And what do you do in America? You just am. You just exist. And you're great. 
But anyways, so Livonia. Two quick things about Livonia. There's really only two things I know about Livonia. One, that it sounds like a country that Doctor Doom would rule. Or any dictator from any fictional universe. Two, they had this bomb group. Now, I'm going to say this now. These guys may have turned out to be super brutal, like, killers. So don't hit me up with a bunch of, like, articles showing how, like, insensitive I am to Livonian history. But... Well, you can, but I just won't be concerned about it. There's a group, or was a group, or maybe they're still around. Well, I guess the country doesn't exist anymore, so they're probably not. Livonian Brothers of the Sword. Schling, 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 psh, hitting swords around, chasing people. They were German. Tell me this isn't an awesome combination of words. German, you're like, this is called German's germs. Anyway, German warrior monks. That's pretty dope, dude. That's a D&D class. That's like a real life thing. So basically they sat around all day they prayed, all night they fight. Dude, I just came up with that. I'm surprised nobody's come up with that before. All day they pray, all night. I guess no one's ever thought about warrior monks at that much before. Anyways, they also went by the term. These are other teams, other names, not other teams. These are other names for their group. The Militia of Christ of Livonia. Yeah, it's okay. Christ Knights, <laughs> that is a dope name for a band. Christ Knights, pretty dope. I like this one better, Sword Brethren. We're the Sword Bros, but Sword Brethren. Anyways, not going to get distracted anymore for the rest of the episode. The other thing I know about Livonia is this story. The year is 1692. We are in Jurgensburg, Livonia. Stained glass window. I don't know if it's stained glass window. It was a church gets robbed. Psst. Not someone opening a Sprite. Guy throws a rock through a window. Maybe they picked the lock. I don't know. The point is, is that a church gets robbed. Town crier's like, everybody, everybody, wake up. Church getting robbed. And the robbers get away with it. So the judges come to town and they go, what? What's all this thing? This church got robbed. We've got to figure out. we got to get to the bottom of it. So they begin looking around. They just kind of stand on the street corner, look around. They're like, no clues. And they leave. No, they go, is there any suspects? <laughs> no, no, that's, they, they always ask that. They go, are there any witnesses? Did anyone see the church get robbed? And this 80-year-old man, this old octogenarian, however you say it, octonagarian. Anyways, 80-year-old man, easier way. What's a 90-year-old man? I know a Septuagarian is, I think, a 70-year-old man. So what's a 90-year-old man? It doesn't matter. (laughs) There's not a 90-year-old man in this story. Dude, 80-year-old man starts walking. His name is Thies. Thies. I believe. Thies. Thies of Cantalbrun, which I'm assuming is a province. And so Thies walks up and he's like, I saw something. And they're like, are you a pirate? He's like, no, it's just just, a, just an affectation. So the judges are like, let's talk to you. And they take him to court. And I go, will you please tell us what you saw on the date of this church getting broken into? And he goes, yes, yes, I will. I'll sit down. I will tell you this story. But first... I have been to court before. And they're like, really? That's not germane to the topic, sir. Could you just, you know, tell us about this burglary? And he goes, well, let me tell you first. I'm an old man. I'm 80 years old. You can't really tell me what to do. I've been to this trial before. Not this particular trial. That'd be weird. But I've been to court before. You see, 10 years ago, 
I actually took a man to court because he broke my nose. And they're like, oh, that's horrible. You'd have been like in your 70s then. You shouldn't walk around with a broken nose. Sad. Sad story. He's like, yes, yes. And to make it even worse, this man was a witch. And the judges are like, oh, great. Now, this is 1692. And it's funny because this and a follow-up story I'm going to do tomorrow. Like, I always thought, like, back then, the whole world was just basically populated with country bumpkins that believed that if you ate a spiced pumpkin under the eighth full moon of the year, you know, you'd be able to have, like, a, a girl baby or something like that. Like, you know, all this folk medicine and witches flying around, something like that. But for the mo- it's like it is today where you basically had two... By 1692, and even in, like, the 1500s, you started to have a divide in society. You had the learned... You had people who were like, oh, this is how you have female babies. It's just flip a coin. It's genetics. They didn't know about genetics, but, I mean, they didn't believe in magic. You had people who, who, they might have been a little superstitious, but for the most part, they didn't believe in magic. And then you had people like Theus, or the people of town, who still believed in this stuff. So these judges, when they start hearing this old man talk about witches, they're like, oh my god, we're in one of those bumpkin towns, where they still believe in all this stuff. Now, we're religious... But we don't believe in magic and witchcraft and stuff like that. We've heard that it exists, but that's like old-timey stuff. Whatever, dude. So they're trying to ignore this old man. They just want to find out who robbed the church. They want to get out of town before the sun goes down. They really don't want to be here that that long. And the old man goes, listen, man. So I got my nose busted by a witch. Judges are like, let's just humor this dude. And let's just get to the point. How did your nose get busted? He goes, well, here's the thing. So... The witch, that dude, he stole a bunch of grain, and he took it to hell. <laughs> okay. Oh, seriously. Seriously. This is, the, this is the case we got. My mom wanted me to be a painter, but here I am. Okay. Tell us the story. The, this guy, this farmer, he was a witch. He grabbed a bunch of grain, and he took it to hell. So I did what I did as like a citizen, as a servant of God, I did what everyone should do. I took the form of a wolf and followed him. And they're like, wait, 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 go back. He's like, no, no, let me finish. I followed him into hell and I began attacking him. And he grabbed a metal pipe and smashed my nose in. Now I did, your honor, just to be clear, I did get the barley back. Okay, and that ensured a good harvest for us. But the dude broke my nose. So when we returned to the earthly realm, I took him to court, as you should. And just like, that's the end of the story? And Theus goes, yeah, pretty much. They laughed me out of court. And the judge was like, we're about to laugh you out of court now. That makes sense. But Theus goes, listen, man, the, the, uh, here's the truth. I had a bro- I walk into court with a broken nose. And the harvest was good that year. What other evidence do I need that I'm actually a werewolf? Now, the judges are getting rid of this dude. The judges are like, you're gone. We're trying to solve a basic B&D. But uh, uh, what happened was the judges started to think about it. And they're like, the story's weird, right? And there's like three of these judges. They're they're all sharing a hotel room together. One guy's laying in bed. He's like, I just can't stop thinking about that werewolf story. And the other guy hops up and he's like, me too. Like, we just want to solve this burglary. But that is the weirdest story I've heard. That's a fairy tale story. So the judges basically forget. This is all true story, by the way. This is all court documents that they found. 
The judges completely forget the, the, the history. Nobody knows who broke into the church. Nobody knows. But they begin investigating this theist guy. They begin going around town and they're like, hey, do you know anything about theists of Cantleburn? And the townspeople are like, oh, yes, the werewolf man. Yes, that trial was really popular in that area when it happened. And they're like, so what happened? They're like, oh, that that's pretty accurate. He went and he did have a broken nose. He goes to trial. He uses that as exhibit A, tells the werewolf story. He's laughed out of court. But what was weird was that that case actually made him famous in town. And not famous like a foolish guy famous like, oh, that guy's so dumb, blah, blah, blah. People began to respect him. People actually believed the story for the most part. They believed that something happened. They didn't all believe that he could turn into a werewolf. But they did because that is weird. He did have that broken nose and the harvest was good. And his reputation increased in town so the judges are like let's bring him back in let's talk to him again so they bring him back into the trial and they say tell us everything tell us your whole story tell us how you became a werewolf so the old man sits down you got a court stenographer there she's typing on a wood carving she's got little buttons that's making tiny little wood carvings he says here's what happened i used to be a beggar I used to be a man of not ill repute. I wasn't a prostitute. I wasn't, you know, blowing dudes for, you know, money to buy blueberries. But I was a I was a hobo, basically, which is a huge divide. That's not like a there's a lot of stuff in between blowing people for blueberry money and just simply laying on the street corner. He was more of a laying on the street corner, I believe. Could be wrong. As the, as he's suspiciously looking at the judge's blueberry pies they have in front of him, he's like, you going to eat that? They're like, yeah, we're going to eat this. But maybe, maybe later. So anyway. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Whenever I tell a joke like that, I get a complaint from at least two people. It's always the same two people. One person complains that I tell jokes about, like, gay gay dudes kissing. And the other one complains that I don't tell enough. It's the most bizarre thing. I love you guys. The audience is, you guys are amazing. But every so often I'll make a joke like I just made. And I'll get a complaint saying that I'm part of the homosexual agenda trying to corrupt the planet. And the other one that I'm too politically incorrect. And I shouldn't joke about dudes kissing because dudes kiss in real life. Super bizarre. I get the same two emails from the same two different people all the time. Let's go ahead. We'll see. I haven't told a joke like that in a while, actually. I think the last one was some Bigfoot story. Or the giant sloth kicking down the door, I think it was. That's like episode 200. Anyways, the point is that this is going to be an extra long episode. It's season premiere. The He's a, he's a hobo, right? He's a hobo. Blueberry, blueberry all over his mouth. He's a very successful hobo. And this guy's walking through the wilderness. This guy wasn't a very effective hobo, apparently, because he was in the middle of nowhere. And this dude walks up to him, and he toasts him three times. He says, you will become like me. Holds up a little thing of liquor. You will become like me. You will become like me. And then he blows into a jug. Hey, I wonder if I can actually do that with my root beer. No, it didn't work. Anyways, I think you need, like, a ceramic jug. Not a plastic bottle. And you just can't... Don't do not do that tomorrow at work or at school. Don't walk up to someone and say, you will be like me three times and blowing a jug. You'll probably get escorted off of campus or your workspace. You have to be a werewolf already. Forgot that part. The, the guy walking up to Theus, 
the hobo, was already a werewolf. Says, you will become like me, you will become like me, you will become like me. Blows into the jug. Now, that gave him the ability to turn a werewolf. Now, he actually ran with a crew of other werewolves. They did this dirt together. Ride or die. And three nights a year, they could travel to hell. They could go to hell on St. Lucia's Day, the Pentecost, the night of the Pentecost, and St. John's Day. I'm not a Catholic. Those mean nothing to me. I get that the word Pentecost, that's supposed to be something like some big holiday, right? But anyways, Catholics out there are like, oh yeah, this episode's for me. I, I get a reference. I know three references Jason doesn't know. To be fair, you guys probably know every reference I don't know. But they would travel to hell on those three days. And in that point, so this is this is the big story that busted out of this, was the judges were like, so wait a second, you, so you got turned into a werewolf. Now, well, actually, let me go back. The, they first said turn into a werewolf right now. Before all that stuff, before I went off on all that stuff, they said, turn into a werewolf right now. And he goes, well, I can't. I gave this power up 10 years ago. Can't turn into a werewolf. It's funny because just last, the end of last season, I did another story about a werewolf in Spain. And he was like, same thing. He's like, well, if you had asked me a week ago, I could have turned into a werewolf. But now... So he's going, 10 years ago, I was able to turn a werewolf, but I gave up the gift. Gave it up. Didn't want to be a werewolf anymore. But when I was a werewolf, I could turn into a werewolf, and me and my buddies, what we would do is we would run into the bushes, take all of our clothes off. The judges are like, mm, that's that's weird. He's like, yeah, it's a little weird, but it's not like that. We'd go into the bushes, we'd take our clothes off, <laughs> we'd come out, we'd have blueberries smeared all over our bodies. They're like, judges are like, what? No, that's not true. That's not a real detail. <laughs> confused he, they do take all their clothes off and then they would jump out of the bushes and they'd be wolves and the first thing they would do is kill a bunch of farm animals so judges are like wait what like that's kind of that's actual property like the farmers need that and the theist goes yeah yeah but we need to eat so what we do is we do they're running through the forest not the forest they're eating farm animals they're why weren't they eating deers they're attacking sheeps they're ripping their throats out eating them and then they would cook them. So the judges were like, wait, how do you cook meat? You got wolf paws. And Theus goes, oh, we weren't wolves then. And the judges are like, this story's not making any sense at all. And that's real, like, he start the story he's telling is quite jumbled. This isn't just a typical Dead Rabbit Radio getting his facts mixed up. Except for that one part where I did... Where he they asked him to turn into a werewolf. He goes, we'd jump out of the bushes, we'd become wolves, we'd kill farm animals. Then apparently, uh, then they would turn into humans so they could, like, roast the meat and salt it. But he's like, but your honor, we never used bread. Crosses his arms. He's like, they're like, that's, we don't care if you're using bread. You're How are you killing the farm animals? Are you ripping their throats out and then shifting back into human and then eating them? Super bizarre story. But that's just the beginning. They're getting the, the... And I'm getting hung up on it, too. The judges get hung up on it. How were they eating and preparing these these meals? But they were. The most important part of the story was on those three days, on St. Lucia's Day, the night of the Pentecost, and St. John's Day, they would travel to hell to beat up witches and attack the devil. So he would say, werewolves are actually the hounds of God. Werewolves are not a bad creature. And I get that 
people want to think that werewolves are the bad guys, but we're actually good guys. We actually make sure that we have a great harvest. So we'll go down to hell. And we're like attacking witches. And the witches, every year, they steal barley and wheat and animals. Those sweet, sweet, delicious animals we maim at night and eat. And the judges are like, ah, oh, not this again. They take all this stuff to hell because Satan wants to destroy our society. And it's up to us werewolves to go to a place beyond the sea which is actually just a swamp, like 10 miles outside of town. He makes it sound like it's the east, like where the elves are going in Lord of the Rings, but it's just a dirty old swamp that you could walk to in a day. They'd turn into werewolves, they'd go into the swamp, where, the, and then they'd go into hell, and they would attack the witches. And the witches would use iron pipes to kind of beat them, but they would just, they'd fight them. And their goal was to bring back as much wheat and barley and honey, whatever the, whatever the people in the town were harvesting. To bring back farmers are like, yay, look at all that wheat and barley. Hey, wait a second, where's all my sheep? All my sheep got taken out too. The werewolves have all these bloody mouths. They're like, oh, we didn't see no sheep down there. Mm, big old bellies. We didn't see none of that. One of them's wearing a wool coat. Yeah, no, I know. I went to hell with this. I had this when I went down to hell. But anyways, they'd bring it back and that would guarantee a good harvest. God created the werewolf to fight Satan. And all this fake news you've heard about werewolves being bad, that's spread by the witches. We're the good guys. If it wasn't for us, the economy would completely fall apart. You'd be starving, Judge. You wouldn't be eating that blueberry pie right now. Case dismissed. And the judges are like, you can't dismiss the case. That's our job. And this trial's still going on. It's not even a trial. We're just questioning you, sir. Now you're getting us twisted. But they did still have some questions. Can you prove any of this? And the old man goes, I can actually. Last year, we had a great harvest, didn't we? I mean, I'm sure that you can obviously see there's wheat everywhere. Your chairs are made out of wheat. They're like, oh yeah, they are. That's why they're so comfortable and or scratchy. I've never sat on wheat before. He goes, yes, that was because I went down and battled Satan myself last year and brought all this barley up. And one of the judges goes, whoa, 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 wait a second. I thought you said that you gave up the vampire. Not the vampire. Judge starts looking through his notes again. He's like, oh, werewolf trial, vampire trials later. He goes, I thought that you said that you gave up your werewolf powers a month ago. Uh, Not a month ago, damn it. (laughs) This judge, he's so sure of himself. The other judges are like, why didn't we bring this guy along? He's flipping through his notes again. He goes, let's see if I can get it right this time. This judge with a big smirk on his face, he's super smug. He got it this time. The judge goes, I thought you said you gave up your werewolf powers 10 years ago. That's what you told us, right? The other two judges look at him. They're very proud. They're very proud that the judge got it right this time. And he's like, thank you. And the old man realizes that he's been caught in a lie. So he goes, you're right. You're right. I didn't give up. I'm still a werewolf. I didn't give up my werewolf powers. He doesn't admit that he made the whole story up. He simply says, you're right. I actually still am a werewolf. But, but, you want me to turn in a werewolf? We're going to need to bring in bushes. I'm going to have to take all my clothes off. They're like, whoa, okay. Maybe not that. I think I think also he might have had to only turn in a werewolf on those particular nights. I don't know if he was allowed to run around as a werewolf all the time. But anyways, the judges kept asking, you're a werewolf, 
you're still a werewolf, and that means you're satanic. Like, that's a creature that, if it exists, and we don't even know if it does, we're learned men, we don't even know if it does, we're kind of just enjoying this story this old man is telling us, but if it does, it's a satanic creature. And the, the, this is when Theus starts to get really upset. He's like, no, we are the hounds of God. That story is fake. Werewolves are the good guys. And the judges are like, that's just... We're going to keep doing some investigation. And the judges, and this old man leaves, and the judges go, what do you think about that story? And they're like, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. If the story's real and he's turning into a werewolf, then that's not a good thing for society or for God. Now, like I said, these guys were learned men. They weren't, they weren't like super superstitious. But at the same time, they worked for a religious government. So they weren't going to immediately, like, go witch 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 but they still thought a man who walks around telling people he's a werewolf even if he's saying he's fighting satan isn't just a bridge too far but at the same time they're thinking technically he's like a holy werewolf so they're debating this and they go back out into the streets they've been been in town they basically had to get like a six-month extended stay hotel at this point they're they're investigating people, and they find out that he, on top of being a werewolf, on his non-werewolf nights, he does folk medicine. So here, rub this little thing under your nostril when the moon's half full, and then your warts will go away. Stuff like that. They're investigating that, and they're going, this is something that we can kind of dig our teeth into. And so they begin asking people, like, what are the type of charms? What are the type of things? And... People would tell him, oh, well, he would come and he would tell us this and he would give us his blessing. And the judges realized that all of his blessings and all of his cures and all of his charms, none of them invoked Christ. So the judges kind of had a split, split it down the middle. They go, we don't want to punish a guy for being a werewolf who fights Satan. If the story's true, it probably isn't. We don't want to beat a dude up for fighting Satan. Because werewolves are satanic, but maybe this guy's a good werewolf. Maybe the guy's insane as well. However, he's helping people out and he's not saying Jesus' name. So, they found him guilty of that. Now, remember, he was just a witness of a burglary. He was not on trial at all. Even the second time, they were just asking him questions. But they go, well, we're not going to punish you. They bring him back and they go, well, we don't know if you're a werewolf or not. That's kind of a moot point. It was an interesting story. However, you walked around and you helped people and you didn't say that Jesus, you didn't say, uh, let Christ protect you. You just gave him an amulet and said, blessed are the ones who wear this amulet. So this 80-year-old man, they flogged him. They said they just whipped him. And then banished him from town. Which, to be fair... His name was Theus from Cantlebrun, so I'm sure he just went back to Cantlebrun. So, not the worst punishment ever. If you're going to be banished, if your name was Johnny New York and you get banished from San Diego, I think you'll be okay. But that's the end of the historical record of Theus of Cantlebrun. Now, we don't know how much longer he lived after that. True story, though. We don't know how much longer he lived after that. We don't know if the judges all mysteriously died in claw-related accidents. We don't know. We don't know if they were found. Underneath each body, a half-eaten blueberry pie, just sitting underneath their body. Is there mold to death? We don't know. We do know that he was banished, and it's kind of the end of the story. But it's an interesting story nonetheless, 
despite not really having, <laughs> not having a satisfactory ending, an old man gets beaten and kicked out of town, and then everyone, then they people just stop keeping records because the trial that wasn't even a trial is over. It does raise some interesting questions. One, the witches didn't get banished. People accused of being witches didn't get banished. Is it possible that all the stories we've heard about werewolves being the bad guys is fake news? Is the power structure would be the witches? They'd be the high-level farmers in your society. You've heard of witch doctors. You never hear of werewolf doctors, right? You would have witches. You'd have witches in high levels of society. They wouldn't want to perpetrate the myth that werewolves are bad guys, that werewolves are evil. They are the hounds of hell. They kill children, and they eat them, and they take them away, and all that stuff. But what if the werewolves were the good guys? What if werewolves were sent by God to protect us from the witches, but the victors write history? Theus was kicked out of town, never to be seen again. But the people who he accused of being witches remained. Even today, are the creatures we consider evil and supernatural like the Rake or Mothman, are these actually the good guys sent to protect us from even darker forces out there? Who knows? But tomorrow we will profile an entire culture of people who fought the same battle Theus did. He was one of a small group of werewolves who fought Satan. Tomorrow we'll learn about an entire region of white witches who fought against Hell's Hordes. And they were also mysteriously written out of the history books. Are the good guys being demonized by the demons? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. It's good to be back. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>